This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, time for Fan Mail Friday, where I'll be answering your questions and dropping some knowledge and feedback to help you kick the weekend off right. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, this is not the greatest place to start. Most of our content is more in-depth, longer format, so check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of body language, nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, etc., and everything else we teach here at the Art of Chomp. All right, let's cut to it. George asks, hey, Jordan, since you talk about giving value to people, I've put this as my goal, and I've tried to improve myself and my connection to people by giving value without expecting anything in return as a people pleaser might. This episode really changed the way I look into relationships and the expectations that I have from people. However, I've noticed that people become suspicious when you help them in one way or another. I've felt that before, that feeling that there's a debt piling up, a debt you won't be able to repay when the time comes. So my question to you is how do you give value to people without keeping score and without asking for a favor back? I'm lost here because it feels right when I help people that I like and I'd love to keep them in my circle, but they don't feel the same. Well. It's interesting, right, because you just said it feels right to help other people, and there's something to that. When you help people and you don't keep score, which is exactly how you're supposed to do it, then you're doing the right thing. You're helping other people, you're not thinking about what you can get in return. Now, if they're thinking this is strange, do you, you have to ask yourself, do you know that they're thinking that, or is that just something that you have in the back of your head making you feel self-conscious? Because here's the problem. If you're helping somebody and all they can think about is, well, gee, I don't wanna have to owe this person anything, those people are scorekeepers, and those people are very unlikely to help you, especially of their own volition, because they feel uncomfortable of the fact that you're helping them. So those aren't great people to really have in that circle for that reason. I don't mean you can't be friends with them, but you're never gonna get anywhere developing business or professional relationships with people who are literally uncomfortable receiving help because they're exactly the type of people who will never pay it forward and they'll never pay it backward. And it's okay if you help them as long as you just stop worrying about what they're thinking because you can't change the way they think and you shouldn't stop helping people just because some weirdo feels self-conscious about it. And I don't mean that everybody who feels self-conscious about it is strange, but I do think that they're not getting the memo when it comes to relationship development and networking and you can't really force them to get that. So carry on help other people, stop worrying about what they think, and here's the beautiful part. It's self-filtering. They will not be a part of your network for very long if they don't put in any value to help anybody else. So you can easily find out who those people are because they'll vanish, and the problem solves itself. So hopefully that makes sense. 
Heather says, hi, Jordan. I can't even begin to thank you for all the information you share on your show. I've raved about AOC to anyone who will listen, and now a few good friends of mine are listening in order to improve their businesses and become better at everything. As a woman in a male-dominated profession, I'm very grateful for the tips on how to be more confident, network properly, be a better leader, and general information on how the work world really operates. Could you lend me a hand in what you think about asking people to be your personal reference on a resume when searching for jobs? I'm a junior architect from Canada. I've been working for two years now in the industry. I want to switch firms because I don't like the direction this firm is going and it doesn't suit the direction I want my career to go. I've worked closely with a client in designing a school for about a year and we have a great working relationship. I was wondering if it would be inappropriate to ask this client to be a personal reference in pursuing placements at other firms in town. I know I'd get a great reference and this client is truly someone who could provide a potential employer with the information they would need to see how I work with clients and function in the professional world. Yes, Heather, this is a great question. Right now you have a great opportunity to really nail it and get a sweet reference from this client that you've been working with. Here's how I would go about it if I were you. And again, this isn't gospel, but this is exactly how I would do it. I would email that client or better call them if you have a great working relationship or if you work in person with your clients, which may not be something you do, ask them in person and get a coffee meeting. Now, this coffee meeting is not to ask them for a job and it's not even to ask them for the reference. What you wanna do is ask them about how you can get ahead in your industry, what you should be looking for and focusing on in terms of your career moving forward. Now, they're not architects, so they're a little bit not quite the target demo for that particular advice, but you know what they liked when working with you and you just say, hey, listen, I wanna kinda nail that down so I can improve in my career. Now, at the end of that conversation, you can also say, I'm also thinking maybe I might switch jobs at some point in the future. Would you be comfortable if I used you for a reference or asked you for a reference or sent people to you as a reference? Unless there's some massive way in which you are misinterpreting your relationship with this client, they will say yes. And it's a really easy ask because during that meeting, they just got done telling you exactly how you should proceed in order to get great references, what they like about you. And of course, you've asked them for advice on your career. So they've become kind of a little mini mentor in that respect. They're going to be invested in your success at that point. It's really easy. It's not going to cost them anything. Most people, frankly, I know it sounds a little daunting, but most people are honored to do this for somebody who's worked really well with them, especially if you're the younger, more junior person on this project and the client is a little bit older or more experienced in the industry. So set up a coffee meeting, in-person is best, over the phone is better, email is a last resort, especially because that can get circulated around. And uh, show up and, and talk with them about how to move forward. And you'll find that asking for a reference is a really easy ask and most people are happy to do it. So let me know how that goes. We're also releasing a product on networking and this is covered really in depth uh, in there right now. That product will be out later this month. It's July right now. Go to theartofcharm.com, sign up for the newsletter. We're gonna announce it on that as well. Mark says, hey Jordan, I'm afraid of flying. I don't know what to do. Do you have any tips on getting over that? Well. Not really. I'm not afraid to fly. My my terrible advice that you should not follow is fly with a big bag of drugs in your pocket and you'll be so nervous about getting caught with that, you won't even think about the fact that you're hurtling through the air in a giant metal tube. I don't know, Jason, you're Jason, are you afraid of flying? Terrified. Okay. Can't stand it. But recently I got a new book, Cockpit Confidential: Everything You Need to Know About Air Travel. Questions, Answers and Reflections by Patrick Smith. I read this book on a plane 
and it completely like cured me of 90% of my fears. I highly recommend this book. Because the, the book is so boring you just fell asleep on the plane? No, no, no. No, <laughs> they tell you about every little thing that happens on a plane. So you kind of get to understand what's happening instead of, oh, God, why did we just do that? Or what was that noise? You learn what it is, and, you know, knowledge is half the battle. Right, so you're basically, you're intellectualizing the fear, and it's becoming logical instead of emotional. So when, Absolutely, you, yeah. when you feel like a bump or like a, you're like, oh, that must be the landing gear instead of, oh my God, there's a hole in the plane and nobody noticed, right? Hit the nail on the head. Got it. Okay, cool. Excellent. What was the title of the book? Cockpit Confidential by Patrick Smith. Awesome. All right. Well, there's some real advice for you. Uh, next one from Ivan. He says, Jordan, I'm hoping to get your perspective on this situation. Some guy keeps hassling my fiance. He stops her as she's about to enter her home and holds her up with words for more time than she's comfortable with. My fiance has told this guy repeatedly that she's engaged and she has no interest whatsoever in him, but no matter how blunt her words are, he keeps persisting. He was persistent enough to get her phone number. He used the old call my number in front of me so I get your number trick to do that, and he says he only wants coffee. Personally, I've never met the guy, but my fiance told me about the situation and showed me some of his texts. I'm sure he means no harm to her, but I don't buy the just friends story. Thankfully, she doesn't as well. There are plenty of people in her area, and if this guy is half as persistent with them as he was with my girl, he'll find people to hang out with. My plan is to accompany my fiance home, even on nights when we're not doing anything together, and tell this person to back off in as polite a manner as I can muster. She doesn't want me to do that. She says he's only bothering me because he's disregarding you. He's a non-native speaker of English. I wouldn't mind being his friend, but he has to back off because I love you, not him. I know you're busy. I'd love your perspective, even if it's just a link. Hey, Ivan, thanks for the note. It's like we don't have enough info here. Uh, is it possible that your fiance is either trying to get attention from you by showing you that another guy's interested in her? If you're confident in yourself and you trust your fiance, it's kind of like maybe on the one hand, there's nothing to worry about. But my gut says this is massively, massively inappropriate. And the fact that this guy doesn't really get that makes me worry a lot that you say, oh, he means no harm. I'm not so sure about that. If if the facts of this situation are 100% accurate, which, you know, we're only getting kind of secondhand information here, or even thirdhand, your fiance to you to us, this is like really uncomfortable. If this were happening to Jen, I would be very uncomfortable, but you need to have a really, really good, honest, sober talk with your fiance. Like, is this exaggerated? Or is this legitimately, because if this guy's following her home, that's like, you're one step away from something really seriously awful happening if this guy doesn't get his way. Because this is very inappropriate in my way. What do you think, Jason? This is weird. It's very weird, and it could go very wrong, I think, if if you don't, like, address the problem and really find out what's going on. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it, it, this could be, like, sort of a relationship test, like, how much do you care about me? But if that's not her style then you've got a guy who doesn't take no for an answer, is obviously interested in your fiance, doesn't respect you, and doesn't respect your relationship with her. Those are That's not a good mixture of traits in somebody that's willing to follow your girlfriend home from work and stand by her door and knows where she lives. She needs to block this guy's number, and it needs to become in very clear terms that this there's no friendship, nothing's going to evolve here. You're not going to logically explain how this guy can't be friends with her and needs to find other people. He's beyond understanding that at this point. So I would be very wary of this guy, and she needs to be a, a lot more careful if these facts are 100% accurate. 
And last but not least, Jack says, why do you say on air when it's actually on the Internet? Is that a holdover from your radio days? One, yes, maybe. Uh, but two, to be technically correct, most people are listening to podcasts on their mobile phone, which is over-the-air delivery. So technically, it's correct. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data. And a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget you can reach me at jordan at theartofcharm.com. I read everything. I'd love to hear from you. More from The Art of Charm at theartofcharm.com. Now have a great weekend. Get out there and connect and leave everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com.